1: Hello and welcome into Brewcast from Mesa Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Luke Giardi, joined by Scotty White, here with you on Tuesday night, April 12th, as we head into Wednesday, April 13th of 2022. A lot on the docket for the show here today between some rumors uh, going around Michigan's basketball program regarding Jawan Howard. Frozen 4, uh, it, it didn't go as planned for Michigan, but a hard-fought game and a great season for them. Uh, Nas Hamilton selected in the first round of the WNBA Draft. We're going to touch on it all here on Brewcast for you. But first, Scotty, what's going on, man? How you doing here today?
2: I'm doing pretty well, man. Um, not a lot of sports to be watched now that uh, basketball and hockey have wrapped up, but nonetheless still doing well. How about yourself?
1: I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I saw the baseball team had a pretty good weekend. Uh, so so we'll, we'll see what happens, uh, with them looking to turn it around a little bit, but, uh, we, we know Michigan softball, uh, is, is probably going to continue to have a really good season here. So, I mean, there's, uh, there's some spring sports that we're on the lookout for, and we'll be talking a lot of football come summertime. So who knows, man, hopefully, uh, that last week in of August, first week of September will be here before we know it.
2: Yeah, dude, I cannot wait. It, It needs to hurry up. All righty, so let's kick it
1: off with the big rumors uh, surrounding Jawan Howard. Uh, According to Shams, he is likely to emerge as a candidate for the head coaching vacancy of the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, Now, what does this mean exactly? Well, uh, just like that, he's a candidate. Uh, He does not have to go. We'll we'll get into that a little bit, obviously. Um, The the Lakers potentially are interested in him. According to the report, along with Nick Nurse, head coach of the Toronto Raptors, they are the top targets. And why wouldn't you want Juwan Howard if you were the Los Angeles Lakers at the end of the day? Spent six seasons under Eric Spolstra, won a couple of championships, coached LeBron, was an assistant coach with the... a LeBron team in Miami in those years has a good relationship with LeBron James. Obviously, that's going to be paramount for whoever takes over this Lakers job. Um, you know, it, it, it's a great job, Scotty, at the end of the day. But as we'll get into, I, I just don't see it happening, man.
2: Yeah, I don't either. I mean, when 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 it came down to, uh, to Harbaugh, I was a little bit nervous. Um, but yeah, I mean... Like you said, he spent a lot of time with LeBron. He has a good relationship with him, um, and I mean, anytime that you have a coach at a big name school like Michigan, just like we've seen with Jim Harbaugh, big name coach, big name school, and they have success. Um, you know, their name's going to pop up for for jobs in the pros. Um, so I'm not surprised at all to see these rumors, um, but not concerned about it at all. Um, and also, I'm not sure if you saw um, his wife respond yes, yep. to a tweet earlier today yeah and she was basically saying I wish that it they you know they weren't saying he's just wants to come back and coach his son he he wants to coach all of these players and he wants to win a championship um so I mean to me I I think that that's pretty clear that he's he's gonna stay put um but yeah I mean I I'm not surprised that they want him he's a, he's a great coach and he has a great relationship with LeBron
1: So that stems from a report from Broderick Turner of the Los Angeles Times, who said, uh, quote, according to people familiar with Howard's situation, he wants to continue coaching his two sons, Jet and Jace, who both play at Michigan. Howard interviewed with the Lakers job that eventually went to Vogel in 2019. Howard was an assistant coach for six seasons with Miami and won two championships as a player with James and the Heat. And quote, he was, I mean, he was a player coach during uh, those years, you know, but uh, uh, they were, they were kind of grooming him a little bit. Uh, so um, that report w- was popped out there. She responded to a tweet. Did Janine Howard said, quote, I also wish they would stop making about, quote, his sons. He is excited to coach every kid here. He wants to win a championship. That's the focus. So, uh, like you said, Scotty, it, it really does seem like the, the focus is and the, the loyalty does lie with the University of Michigan. And at the end of the day, man, what it comes down to, I, I think, too, not I think his sons are, play a really big part in it. You know, obviously, if you're Janine and you're Juwan, you don't want to single out your sons, you know, while you're in that position. But let's be honest, that's a that's a pretty big, big anchor uh, to have, you know, while, while you're the head coach there. Um but also job security, man. Like his job is pretty safe here at Michigan, especially after winning a Big Ten championship uh, just a year ago. Um, you know, obviously, what happened this year, it's in the past with the Wisconsin, the slap. You know, his, his job is secure at the University of Michigan. Frank Vogel won an NBA championship in 2020. It is the end of the season, 2022. He is out of a job. The Los Angeles Lakers head coaching job, unless your name is Phil Jackson, is not as nearly a stable of a position or comes with nearly as much job security as Juwan Howard has at Michigan.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, it, it, it has definitely seemed like if you are a player with LeBron um, or a coach, obviously, um, your your time there might not last very long. Um and I mean, after what happened with the Lakers this season, yeah, it doesn't seem like. And there, I mean, LeBron is is obviously getting to a late point in his career. Like he's not going to be able to keep playing for much longer. Um, and I mean, once he leaves, that job obviously becomes a little bit less attractive. The Lakers is obviously a legendary organization. Um, but also it's not going to get any easier as LeBron goes uh, deeper into his career. And obviously they're not going to have a lot of patience as he's going deep into his career. He wants to win another championship. Um, and that yeah, like you said, you know, even with all of the bad things that happened this past season for Michigan basketball, they still made the sweet 16. Juwan just signed a big extension. His job is extremely safe. And, and yeah, like you said, I mean, dude, who gets the chance to coach two of their sons at a D one college basketball a uh, place like Michigan, that's your alma mater. I mean, that's that's just a great opportunity, um, and I, you know, he obviously wants to do that.
1: Yeah, and it's a good point too about LeBron probably coming to to an end in in Los Angeles. Maybe his career as a whole, uh, a whole, I should say. Um, obviously, you know, he wants to play with Bronny, but look, man, the only guy, one thing, the only guy to survive coaching LeBron James has been Eric Spolstra after LeBron James has left. He's still with the Miami Heat. Um, Everyone else, you know, you you think about it, uh, David Blatt, Ty Lue, um, obviously now Frank Vogel. I mean, the the list goes on and on uh, when when it comes to LeBron and the coaches. And look, they end up winning championships, but it comes at a cost, you know? And after LeBron James moves on and or retires... It's going to be a mess in Los Angeles. They don't have a guy there like Pat Riley, like Miami had, and could keep Eric Spolstra, who is an incredible coach, and to to kind of tread the water a little bit post-LeBron departure back to Cleveland, you know, in 2015. There's no one like that within the Lakers organization. It's kind of a mess, to be quite honest with you. It's being held together with duct tape. So that job... Well, I mean, it's the Los Angeles Lakers. I get that, man. That's It's probably one of the top three most prestigious jobs in all of basketball anywhere on planet Earth. But when you take a step back and you kind of look at it from a bird's eye view, I actually think Michigan, in Juwan's situation right now with his sons there and what he's building, is probably the the more attractive situation for his goals. Uh, from an overall standpoint, I'm not saying that uh, – the men's basketball coach at the University of Michigan is a better basketball job than the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm saying from his perspective, I would think he would probably be more interested in coaching Michigan than coaching the Los Angeles Lakers, given all the circumstance.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, like you said, I mean, the, late, late, the Lakers job is obviously a very attractive job, um, but it, it just doesn't seem to be a long-term thing. And I mean, you've got to think that, you know, I mean, as a coach, that's what you want. You want a long-term thing. And I mean, dude, they didn't even make the playoffs this year. Like, things are not like it, it. It would be one thing if they were, you know, about to make a push to to win the finals. Obviously, they probably wouldn't have a, a coaching vacancy. But I mean, that's why there is an opening because things aren't going well there. It's like, yeah, they have LeBron, but it's it's going to be tough to to turn them around and get them back to the to where they were in 2020. Um, especially with, with LeBron getting older and they obviously he's getting injured a lot. AD's getting injured a lot. It's just, it's not, it's not a good long-term thing, you know?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely not. It it would be a short-term move. Uh, No question about it, man. Like, that would be an outlook of, like, two to three years probably. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to be there when the blow-up happens, and the blow-up is going to happen eventually. The Los Angeles Lakers are going to have to start over from square one probably within the next five years. And that could include not only not having LeBron James, but probably not having Anthony Davis as well. Um, So, yeah, I, I I mean... We'll see what happens. I'm never going to say never, especially given, you know, the, the Jim Harbaugh thing that happened this offseason. He was literally going to take the, the Minnesota Vikings job. So I'm not going to sit here and say there's absolutely no way Jawan Howard leaves. It's an attractive position if they do have serious talks they're going to throw a lot of money at him to get him in that position. So I'm never going to say never when it comes to this. I just right now it really leans the other way with the uh the report that's out and then Janine Howard's tweet his two sons are going to be at Michigan. I mean it, it really there's a lot of factors working against the Lakers if they plan on trying to woo Jawan Howard.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, like you said, I mean When the Jim Harbaugh rumors started after the season ended, my concern level was at about a zero. Um, But by the end of things, it was at about a 10, as we were seeing reports that he was leaving. Um, So, yeah, you never know what direction um, this is going to go in. Um, But as of right now, I'm definitely not hitting the panic button.
1: And as a a real quick thing, as we finish up our chat about Michigan basketball here in April, um, Hunter Dickinson, he was at the the Detroit Tigers game yesterday, said that he has not made a decision on his future yet, but he said that he's going to, quote, make one relatively soon. So we'll see what happens. I've actually been somewhat surprised that we haven't heard a whole lot of news. Uh, Brandon Johns is going to be transferring. Uh, Zeb Jackson already transferred to VCU. That's the only two guys in the portal right now, or guys that have uh, entered their name into the NBA draft. And I mean, obviously, there's plenty of time to do it, but we've seen a lot of guys around the country already making these decisions, entering the portal, and/or entering their name into the NBA draft. Michigan has not really had a lot of that. Uh, we've got question marks surrounding, obviously, Hunter Dickinson, uh, Musa Diabate, um, Caleb Houston. You know, so we'll see on that front. But doesn't seem like right now, and and that's a credit to Juwan and the program, I think, that there's not a a, a lot of guys that really feel the need to get out because they're not being utilized or they don't like the culture or whatever. It seems like guys do want to play in this program and do want to play uh, for Juwan Howard. Obviously, I don't expect everyone to come back. Uh, We'll see. NIL obviously makes things a little bit interesting. Scotty, Hunter Dickinson could come back and he could be a star, he could play on TV and he could make a decent amount of money doing it, whereas if he goes, he's probably not going to get um, a a continuous role in the NBA if he does leave, but he could start that process, play a little bit in the G League, maybe earn a two-way contract, what have you. Uh, So I I think there are more um, questions to be answered nowadays with NIL for somebody like Hunter Dickinson
2: than there were five years ago. Oh 100% dude and I think he you know he like he's he's the star on campus you know and I think he likes that um and and he likes that villain role he created for himself and I think that it is a good sign I mean the longer that this draws out I think the the higher the chances are that he and you know Houston and Diabate are coming back cuz I mean I think a lot of these guys they know towards the end of their season like okay I'm leaving um, but you can tell these guys are really weighing their options they're thinking about it um, they've got everything on the table um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that I think that Hunter likes – I mean, he I think he loves playing for Michigan. He seems like he's having a ton of fun. Um, and like I said, he's the big man on campus. Dude, I see him at Skeeps and Ricks all the time, and he looks like he's really enjoying life. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he wants to come back and do that for another year.
1: And another pretty good recruiting class coming in. If a lot of these guys stay and some of those guys are a little more up to speed coming in and maybe you go out and, and get a decent transfer too, this could be – a really good basketball team again next year if a lot of these guys come back, which th- there is a chance. Look, there there is a chance that Hunter Dickinson, Musa Diabate, and Caleb Houston all come back. Um, the the chances of all three of them coming back probably not likely, but there is a chance there. And-, and if it does happen, it could be a really dang good basketball team again,
2: dude. That would be a scary good team. I mean, you think about Musa and-, and Caleb were already. Right? I mean, they've obviously got some improvements. Make they're freshmen, but. You look at the jump that Hunter made from his freshman year to his sophomore year. Yeah. He was already really good. Man, he was he was a monster this season. He was unstoppable in a lot of games. If you can make another jump like that with Caleb and Musa making similar jumps from their freshman to sophomore year. That is a scary good basketball team.
1: All right, we are going to switch gears here a little bit on Brewcast, taking it back to Thursday night of last week. Michigan-Denver, Frozen 4, unfortunately for the Wolverines, The season came to an end in overtime. 3-2 loss at the hands of the eventual national champion, uh, Denver, in what was a a heartbreaking, heartbreaking game there in the Frozen Four. Uh, Michigan, obviously, with the talent they had, national championship aspirations, looking for their first since 1999, but uh, had their chances in the overtime period and just... Man, they they just could not do it, Scotty. I mean, they had a great two on one chance. They they kind of just flung it into the goaltender's chest on that. You know, not making the most of their opportunities, uh, I felt was kind of the story of the game for for Michigan, including coming out flat in that first period.
2: Yeah, the first period was was ugly. I mean, I don't think they they didn't get a shot for the first fifteen minutes or so. Um but yeah, it's just the trend continues for Michigan for just painful final four or frozen four losses i think that that's the uh, did they say four four in a row now frozen fours with a overtime loss i mean that's that's tough um and yeah i mean that's the thing that's so tough about overtime in hockey i mean michigan was really dominating that overtime period and then they just make one mistake and boom just like that denver capitalizes and the season's over um and yeah i mean going into this tournament looking at the bracket i said okay i i i I obviously want Michigan to win, but if Michigan's not going to win, just have it be anybody but Denver because now Denver's tied Michigan's uh, national championship record.
1: Yes, they have. Um, and, man, I know it, it was so disappointing. You could just see it when that goal went, just how crushing it was for everyone out there on the ice. And, and just a brutal mistake, man. They, they had a chance to clear the puck, and then they just whiffed at it. And then everyone, it felt like, you know, kind of just stayed around. No one really scrambled out or anything like that. I don't know. It was almost like they were in a sense of bewilderment. You know, that no one was coming out, crashing the puck or anything like that. And I understand you're trying to keep a cool head. It just didn't seem like, I don't know. I can't really describe it. It, it was almost like they they looked like they were defeated before that final goal went. You know what I'm saying? I I, I don't know. It was just a weird-looking play after they they whiffed on it. Denver got control back in the offensive zone.
2: Yeah, I mean, anytime you have a play like that where you have an easy chance to get it out, uh, I mean, two guys going for it, it just looked like there was a lack of communication on who was going to take the puck out. Um, and it, and it, it leads to a turnover. And when that happens, I mean, personally, like for me, when I'm watching that and I know the situation and it just seems like it's that one mistake is what's going to cost you the season. And, you know, when that one mistake happens, Things just start to go downhill, and that was kind of that happened, and I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, and then boom, they score right away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> man, just replaying it in my head just now, man. It's 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 brutal. Uh you gotta give Denver a whole lot of credit though, because I mean, man, they were able to survive, you know, in the national championship game down one nothing, man. Kato was absolutely peppering them. They end up they end up surviving it and going on to win. You know, five one, really three one with a couple empty netters. But that was a, the same thing that happened in the overtime frame uh, against Michigan. Michigan dominated, as you said, that overtime frame and just could not get anything to go. And that's how fickle this sport is, man. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, it is, man. You can you can really dominate for. I mean, I think it was about fifteen minutes before Denver scored. You can dominate for fifteen minutes. It just comes down to one mistake and. And it, and it cost you the entire season. And that's the thing with Michigan hockey being this good this season is it, it kind of seemed like a national championship or bust kind of year with the talent that they had. And it, it's just, I mean, that's a once in a lifetime kind of team. I mean, they've already had so many guys um, sign with their NHL teams. I think a couple guys entered the transfer portal too. Um, so it's uh it, it could be a rough year of Michigan hockey next year.
1: Well, the question is, is Mel Pearson going to get an extension? Right? What do you do you think? I, 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 do you I have- mean
2: I, I, I think that he will. I mean, he's done, I think he's done a good job. And, and like I said, like it's a national championship or bus kind of year, but I mean, you have to acknowledge the fact that at a Frozen Four is a really good season. It's impressive. Um, and to be able to have that kind of talent on one team is obviously a good sign for a coach. I mean, if he can do it once, he can do it again. He can build that kind of talent up again. Um, So personally, I think, I think that he has done a good job. Um, I think that they probably will give give him an extension, Um, but it it definitely is going to take maybe a couple of years to kind of get back to this point when you lose all this talent, you know?
1: Yeah, there, there's that. There's obviously the, you know, kind of report that came out surrounding the NIL thing and the fact right. that he maybe tried to to get it done in the summer, even though you know, without having any idea about uh, COVID or anything like that, because he had uh, all his players were going to be going to World Juniors and whatnot. You know, that's uh, you know, it's a different conversation for for a different day here, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what Michigan does there. I, I would imagine they extend him. Um, because you're right he's had some success they were the number one overall seed uh, in the NCAA tournament big Ten champion big Ten tournament champions I mean at the end of the day he's done he's done fantastic we'll see what next year looks like probably gonna be a, a bit of a down year though uh obviously uh eric Portillo coming back which is I think gonna be big uh for Michigan but uh yeah yeah definitely I th- I think a missed opportunity unfortunately for Michigan hockey here this year
2: yeah well- Hundred percent. I mean, you're not going to have many teams uh, that produce four of the top five draft picks in a given year. Um, so we we, we we may just never see that again. Uh, so it's gonna it's definitely going to be tough to rebound from that.
1: And finally, uh, gonna end this show on some good news. Nas Hamilton was selected in the first round of the WNBA draft, fifteenth overall by the Atlanta Dream. She was the third Big Ten player off the board, and uh, Nas Hamilton, incredible all year. Probably, you know, our argument for best best basketball player to ever play uh, for the Michigan Wolverines women's program Um, she's certainly going to be missed, you know, uh, moving forward, but what a year she's had, what a career she's had. And just really cool, uh, to see a Michigan player go in the first round of the WNBA draft because certainly it has not happened often.
2: Yeah, dude, she is, she's something special. I mean, you do not see many times where a player drops 50 points in a college basketball game. Um, and I was lucky enough to be surfing through the TV that day and, and, uh, and watch that one. Um, against Ohio State last year, she, she's a beast. She's unstoppable. Um, and yeah, you know, when you talk about the influence that she has on the program, I think that's what really makes a talented player special. Because um, Michigan, Michigan's women basketball program has has struggled. I mean, they had never made it past the Sweet Sixteen until this year. Um, so you really see the kind of impact that she's had, getting them onto their uh, furthest tournament run, um, and and leading them to probably their best season ever. Um, she'll definitely be missed from the program. And I think the, that double zero should definitely be up in the rafters at Chrysler.
1: Oh, so I apologize. Uh, it was the third pick of the second round, uh, not the first round, just had the, uh, the NBA draft on my mind. Obviously the WNBA draft doesn't have uh, the 30 TVs that the uh, NBA does. So round two, pick three at 15 overall uh, for Nas Hamilton. So uh, excited to see what she's able to do at the next level. Always good for the program too. You, you know, obviously Someone like John line didn't like when you know guys left early, but I think his program overall uh, was kind of helped by the fact that he was able to produce guys and they were able to to get drafted high in those NBA drafts I think the women's program is going to be helped by this as well obviously it's a huge hole to fill that you're probably not going to be able to fill next year but if from a from a macro viewpoint of the program their success their run to the elite eight here this year and then of course um you, you know uh, your star player getting drafted to the WNBA it's only going to help the program at the end of the day
2: yeah definitely I mean success builds on itself um, so this is definitely a good start for the program. Uh, that, yeah, that kind of stuff, having deep runs in the tournament, seeing players go 15th, uh, in the, in the draft, third pick in the second round, that's the kind of stuff that helps recruiting makes people want to go there. And also KBA is a great coach. Um, you know, she's definitely seems like somebody that recruits are going to want to come play with. Um, and I think that, I think that the program's in really good shape with her, um, with her leading the team.
1: First Wolverine, man or woman, to score 2,000 points and grab 1,000 rebounds in the Maize and Blue. Second in program history with 2,183 points and first in rebounds with 1,063, man. Tough to replace that kind of pro- production, no question about it, but uh, really looking forward to the future of Michigan women's basketball.
2: Yeah, dude, I mean, that that is an absurd stat. Um, but yeah, so am I. It was, uh, it was fun to watch them Um have their run to the elite eight. And like I said, the future's bright with KBA um, leading the squad um, and maybe in the next few years, we'll be able to see him get one step farther and get into the final four.
1: Absolutely, so a lot to look forward to here uh, over the next couple of weeks. We'll see what happens, you know, regarding Michigan basketball. As we mentioned, uh, we're going to be talking draft here coming up towards the end of the month. A couple of, uh, you know, big-name prospects from the Wolverines football team looking to get their names called at the end of the month. So uh, looking forward to that. But for now, that's where we will wrap it up. Scotty, where can we find you on social media?
2: You guys can give me a follow. Five- Follow at Scotty White underscore on Twitter. Um, I will continue to be here on the Brewcast show and I will be covering the Michigan baseball team during this spring. So you can give me a follow on Twitter at Scotty White underscore.
1: You can find me on Twitter as well at Luke giardi l-u-k-e-g-h-i-a-r- Follow the Maze and Brew Twitter page as well at Maze and Brew. Subscribe, rate, and leave a review for all of our shows. We have a bunch of them, and they're all good, giving you some content pretty much every day of the week here at Maze and Brew and really going to be ramping it up, uh, obviously, again, a little more towards football season. But for now, we're going to give you what we can. No question about that. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube page as well. For Scotty White, I'm Luke Giardi. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Brewcast.